Talk to me. Rozmowy, wywiady, podcasty. Zapraszam. Joanna Chmura. Welcome and welcome and welcome. Episode number 21, which makes it magical, because in Poland we treat, we treat 21 as a magical number. This uh, episode is all about being grateful. And we have just recorded this conversation a couple of days before Christmas, before holidays, before the New Year's. So it's actually a great timing for being grateful and a great idea for the New Year's re- resolution to be um Hopefully 2023 will be the year of gratitude in your life as well. Janice Kaplan, who is my guest, is the author of The Gratitude Diaries, and she's a journalist, a beautiful soul that decided to dedicate a whole year uh, to practicing gratitude and exploring the gratitude and exploring what difference does it make in her life and the life of um other people. Uh, she asks questions, she tells stories, she, she's just awesome. And I do hope you're going to enjoy the book, but I hope even more that you're going to enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Enjoy. Warm welcome to Poland <laughs> and to the audience in Poland, Janice. I'm so, I can't even tell you how, I know that it's happening, but I'm also trying to embrace it that it's happening uh, uh, from the you know brain perspective because I've never thought that I will be able to meet you and talk to you and ask you the, the list of questions that I have prepared for today so so welcome thank you it's a pleasure to get to talk to you and a pleasure to meet you too <laughs> have you ever had an interview in Poland or online or a, like literal um, since the book has come out um, I have I have done uh, one or two others um, but this is very exciting this is the first one that- <laughs> live and in person and uh, broadcast so thank you great thank you um and i'm so grateful uh, i'm gonna start with the with the the, the first book oh, i'm gonna have to squeeze it in the first book that i uh read and it was in in english the gratitude diaries um and i was so sorry that it's not in polish so that people who do not speak english uh are not able to you know connect to what you what your what you wrote there but ta-da! This is the, yeah. so exciting. I haven't seen that yet. That's oh, you I'm haven't. Doing. Oh, so this isn't. I even yeah. I realized that my sweater is is you know beautiful, <laughs> matching color. So, so this is this is your book in Polish, and it's a and it's a beautiful edition. It's a hardcover, so um, it's a beautiful one. And I've been talking about this book everywhere as a perfect gift for Christmas uh, and holidays. Thanks. So, so hopefully people will enjoy it as as much as I do. What is it, what is the, speaking author to author, uh, how does it make you feel to see your book translated in other languages? I absolutely love it. It means more to me than anything. In fact, um, in my house, uh, on my bookshelves there, I don't have any of my books in English. And I have the Gratitude Diaries and a couple of my other books only in the foreign languages that they've been translated into because it means so much to me. And I think it's so important that we can cross those barriers and hear what what we're all thinking from from different places and uh, uh, I don't know what the book says in Polish so I hope, <laughs> I hope it's a good translation and and I just I find it extraordinary to see that beautiful cover and uh, and to know that uh, that what I wrote and what meant so much to me is getting to to your audience so mm-hmm. thank you yeah and actually I was so excited to find out that this book is gonna be in Polish 
especially now, as I told you before we went online, I think everything happens for a reason and there's perfect timing for everything. And I think perfect timing for this book is perfect because, uh, because we're being the neighbors to a country that is in war. And it's even more difficult to find things that you could be grateful for when you see people struggling and hurting and, and losing their loved ones. So I love that this book is, I would love it, you know, I would love it to be translated a couple years ago, but, but I appreciate it is happening now because this is exactly what we need. And you write in this book about people who went through horrible stuff and horrible things and experiences, but they were still being grateful. So my very first question is, maybe from your own life, from your own perspective, but also from the perspective of the people you interviewed um, and you talked to about when writing this book, how do they manage to actually balance the two, the horrible things and still being grateful? It's a great question and you raise a really important point that people tend to think that gratitude should be when you're happy, right? People will say, I'll be grateful when I have something to be grateful for. And that's not how gratitude works. Mm -hmm. I think one of the wonderful things about gratitude and perhaps as being different from happiness is that gratitude gives you a sense of control. Mm. Um, you are happy when something makes you happy. If I eat an ice cream cone, I'm going to be happy. But that's very fleeting. It's quick and it goes away. Gratitude is something that is much deeper and has a much deeper resonance. And I think the importance of gratitude is that it becomes so important in the times that you're describing right now, when there's a war on, when there's death, when there's sadness, when there are bad things that are happening. We can't control everything and we can't control those things often. By the way, if there is something you can control, do something about <laughs> it. You can change and make better, do it. Gratitude doesn't say otherwise. But what it does say is that sometimes you need that change in perspective because you need to be able to get up in the morning and you need to be able to take that next step. And gratitude helps you do that. Um, let me give you an example. After the book came out, a former colleague of mine told me that she had kept a gratitude journal for 17 years. And I was stunned. I had never, she had worked for me for many years. I never knew she had kept a gratitude journal. We'd never talked about it. And as we were talking, she said she had really written every night. And she said, I wonder what I wrote in my journal the night my mother died. And she was kind enough to find that journal. And she called me the next day and she read it to me. And it began by her talking about how sad she was that her mom had died. And then she wrote, I'm so grateful for the life my mom had. And I'm so grateful that I have my father and my sister to help me through this difficult mm -hmm. time makes me yeah. choke up every time I hear that because it's what gratitude is about. She couldn't change that terrible situation. But to be able to take that one moment and say, okay, figure out something positive. Look for something positive that you can say about it. And what she said was, you know, to be able to say, I am grateful that I still have my dad and my sister and that we can be together in this time. And I think if we can do that for ourselves, if we can find that little ray of hope, that little ray of sunshine in what I don't undermine as being very difficult and dark times, it does help us move forward and it does help us to act mm -hmm. because it's very difficult to act when you're sad and when you're feeling defeated. But when you have found that bit of hope, when you found that bit of reason to be grateful, it allows you to say, okay, I am going to move forward and try to make change. Um, 
thank you for sharing and thank you to your friend who you know were so open and eager to share her experiences and actually i have similar um thought because my dad passed away uh, almost a year ago and it was uh, thank you and it was during the COVID thing and and you know it was it was a uh, it was a struggle to actually have everything every loving kind person joining us at the funeral so there were like a limited number of people joining in but but still i was i was going back to your book back uh, when it was happening and i was actually thinking the same thing like it's not going to change what happened but i can sort of balance it out sort of you know warm myself up with being grateful that this and this person could join us and that we have a you know a room full of people remembering him and we have food to eat and we have you know a safe place and like like literally with the war happening close to us I appreciate so many things that were that are given and I forgot even to be appreciative of. So so um I do share that the reflection that your friend shared that uh, even in the worst, you know, situation it's still possible to find something even the most stupid and silly thing to actually mm. be appreciative of. Oh, I'm sorry about your dad, but that is a lovely story and and um I hope it did help and yeah. that it was a it, it, again, it doesn't make the pain go away, but it uh, it gives you that ability to say, "I have to move forward." Yes, and yes, and also, um, and also, uh, switching the topic a little bit towards the the, the work life of ours, because I do have um, I'm a psychologist, and I do provide workshops and 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 talks. Um, for different organizations, small, big ones, NGOs. And every now and then, when I talk about, you know, gratitude and talk about that gratitude helps navigate the difficult moments and anxiety and, and all that stuff, their eyes get bigger and bigger and they say, yeah, right. But like, I'm going to lose, if I'm going to be so grateful for everything, I'm going to lose. And it's, and I'm quoting your a book, I'm going to lose the sharp edges. And mm -hmm. I said, no, it's quite the opposite. So my question to you is, why is the opposite? How does it work that it works? Well, it is a problem that people have. They think, oh, if I if I want to prove how tough I am, I shouldn't say thank you to anybody. But let's just talk about it in terms of the workplace. As you as you know from the book, we we did a, a, a big survey asking people about gratitude in many different situations. And one of the places people were the least likely to be grateful was at work. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was only 9% of people said they expressed gratitude at work, which is really too bad because, as you know, work is where most people spend most of their time. But the other side of that story was that most people, I think it was 80% of people, said that they would work harder for a grateful boss. Okay. And something like 90% of people said they thought that a grateful boss was more likely to be successful because nobody succeeds on their own. And when you're expressing gratitude, people want to help you. But think about that number. 80% of people said they would work harder for a grateful boss. And it's so important that people in corporations, in NGOs, in positions where they have people working for them start to recognize mm -hmm. that. That everybody wants to have a paycheck. Everybody wants to be treated fairly. But we also want to have a sense of meaning. And we also want to have a sense of purpose. And we also want to have a sense that we're seen and that we're recognized and that what we do matters. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just having somebody come over and say, wow, thank you for that. That was great. 
Um, even if it was part of your job, I've had executives say to me, well, I don't want to say thank you unless they've done something extra, you know, and I'm not going to say thank you. That was part of his job. Well, no, say thank you for a job well done. Mm -hmm. And many times executives will say, I don't have to say thank you. We say thank you with a paycheck. And I always want to say, well, actually, you say I'm paying you with a paycheck. You say thank you with thank you. And it's so wonderful when you see that coming as it is happening in America in more and more corporations. And I hope it's happening uh, near you also, where there starts to be that change, where companies are starting to recognize that having ways of expressing gratitude does help people. And if you're in a company where it doesn't happen and it's not coming from the top down, try to do it with your own colleagues. Yeah. You know, we, we tend to think of our colleagues as being our competitors, and they're not. They're actually, we all support each other. We all help each other. We can make each other look good. And being appreciative of what somebody else does probably means that they're going to help you out a little bit more too. Yeah. And how did it, um, I know you've been asked this question like a thousand times, but um, how did you uh, come about uh, writing the book on gratitude? Uh, how how did it happen for the readers in Poland who are just gonna, you know, uh, jump into your book? How did how did it happen? Well, I had been the editor in chief of a big magazine in America, and when I left the magazine, I was asked by a foundation to do that uh, that poll that that I referenced. And when the results of the polls started coming in, they were fascinating. And one of the questions we had asked was, "Do you think grateful people are happier?" And people listening to this right now, ask yourself that. Do you think grateful people are happier? And something like 95% of people said, absolutely, grateful people are happier. And then we asked, Do you, are you grateful for family and friends? Again, think about that for yourself. And once again, something like 90, 95% of people said, you bet, grateful for family and friends. And then we asked, do you express gratitude? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the number plunged. Mm -hmm. And less than half of the people said they expressed gratitude. So I started to realize that we have what I began to call a big gratitude gap. We know there is something that's going to make us happier on the one hand. And on the other hand, we don't do it. And the more and more that I thought about that, I was actually at a New Year's Eve party, an event coming up soon for all of us. And I started to think about what could make the coming year a really special one for me. And I thought about that gratitude survey and I suddenly realized that all of the things we usually think are going to make us happy or make it a wonderful year end up not necessarily doing so because we change it. You know, you, you earn more money. Well, at the end of the year, you still don't think you earned enough money. You, you take a great trip. Well, at the end of the year, you think you should have taken another trip. And so unless you change your perspective, nothing is going to change, no matter what the events are. So I, I was struck by that idea. And I thought, I wonder what would happen in the coming year if I just tried to live more gratefully. And I took it on sort of as a personal challenge and then a bit as a literary challenge. And what really surprised me was the unbelievable effect it had and how I ended up having probably the happiest year of my life. And nothing special outwardly happened that year. But it was that I was thinking about gratitude every day and I was thinking about positivity every day. And I spent a year feeling wonderful. Mm. And 
so excited talking about this book, and I am so grateful that you're letting me introduce it to, to your wonderful audience, because I know that everyone can have the best year of their life. And with New Year's coming up, yeah. it's a great time to start thinking about it and yeah. thinking, maybe I can live a little bit more gratefully next year and see what difference that makes. Yeah. And actually, you saying that right now makes me think that maybe instead of you know, losing weight or, uh, you know, earning more or whatever the dreams some of us might have, maybe the plan for New Year or the goal for New Year is, is trying to be appreciative every single day, every freaking day. You know, I think so. And, and, and I think what's important to remember is a bit what you were suggesting before, being grateful for what you have now doesn't mean you can't want something else. So you can, you can be grateful for the job you have right now and appreciate it and truly be in the moment to appreciate it, but still say, yeah, eventually I'd like a different job and I'm going to continue looking for that. And you can be grateful for your healthy body and, and appreciate that you're, what your body can do and still say, yeah, and I'd also like to exercise a little bit more. Um, so I, I think putting those two things together becomes really important. But yes, if you can appreciate every day and find one reason every day to appreciate something, I think it will make it a much better year than yeah. you'll get by dieting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, you, you touched on the point that made me think so much back then. And it, you know, when I was preparing for this interview, I was listening to you doing interviews and, and listening to audiobook. And it made me go back to the, to the idea that it doesn't exclude ambition that I can be both at the same time. Because some of us and people that I talk to, they say that being grateful means you're going to be, be stuck with, you know, current, you know, setting um, that you're in. Like, if I'm going to be grateful for the body I am in, it's not going to change, whatever the change is. Or if I'm going to be grateful for my husband or my partner, it means I'm, I'm sort of stuck. That's the word that they use in Polish. And I said, no, it actually, it actually brings in the, the, the fire, the, the energy, the fuel to, to move and to act. And it's not something that's going to make you stuck. It's just appreciating the point that you're in and it gives you the fuel to act. Would you agree? I think that's exactly right. And, and I think that, um, it's very, it's a bad idea to think that, oh, if I appreciate where I am now, I can never change. Because it's very sad, uh, because it puts you in the position of never being able to be happy in the moment, mm -hmm. uh, that you can only be happy when you look back at something. And I, I think sometimes that's a nice perspective to have to imagine yourself 10 years from now, looking back at yourself. And, you know, I, I always joke with my husband, I would look at old pictures of myself and I would say like, wow, look how great I look then. And he would say, I don't remember you saying that at the time. That, yes. <laughs> and so now when I look at pictures of myself and I think, oh, terrible, I think, hmm, 10 years from now, I'm going to look at that picture and say, I look pretty good then. <laughs> so gratitude shouldn't always be in the rearview mirror. We shouldn't have to look back at it. We, we need to be able to appreciate the time that we're in and recognize, though, that as you suggest, that it's part of a continuum, that we're going to move on. And that, you know, I, I think sometimes people will, will look back at their their college, the time they were in college or when they were young in their 20s. And, you know, I was poor and it was so much fun. Well, when you were poor in your 20s, you didn't remember that it was, you didn't feel that it was so much fun. Um, 
But if you can if you can appreciate it when you're in it and say, I'm not going to be like this forever, but it's where I am right now. And yeah, it is fun. Mm-hmm. And then I will move on. I think it changes it changes your perspective very much. It does. And it uh, actually yesterday I was I was, you know, doing some Christmas shopping and driving around and I was listening to um, to uh, one of your interviews. And oh. actually, right before I clicked play, I was texting my partner saying that he did something in the morning that I, you know, made me sad and blah, blah, blah. And I pressed send. And then you came in in this, um, in this podcast and you said something like, we do not appreciate our husbands and partners. You know, often enough, it's like, <laughs> it's like instead of that text message, I should have, you know, sent a different one. Can you share a little bit about the relationship that uh, are affected by us being grateful? Well, what you're talking about in terms of our partners or spouses um, is is a great place to start. And of course, we expect so much of a partner or a spouse, right? We we want them to be everything for us. And we have such a long list of the things that they are supposed to be that if they fail at one of them, we tend to focus on that rather than noticing the things that they have done well. And Uh, as you know from the book, um, I decided when I was doing my year of living gratefully to be grateful for something different uh, in each month and each season. And the first month of the year, before I had even told my husband that I was doing this project, I decided to be more grateful to my husband. And I spent a weekend by just thanking him mm-hmm. for all the little things that he probably does anyway, but that I and most people just let pass. And at the end of the weekend, I noticed such a change in him. He also was starting to thank me for things. And then I told him what I was doing. And it made a huge difference in our relationship in in that month. I, I often joke that I had thought that being grateful to my husband for a month was more than enough. But <laughs> Um, it worked out so well that I kept it up for the whole year. And in fact, I've tried to keep it up for all the years since. And of course, you slip up sometimes. And of course, you can have arguments. Um, but I think when you have set that base of gratitude, one thing I've noticed with my husband is that we get over disagreements much more quickly yeah. because we have a base understanding that we appreciate each other. And we can go back to that base rather than whatever we've just been arguing about. So we can move on from there. And and I think that's probably been the biggest change for me in our relationship over the the time since I since I started writing the gratitude diaries is that that sense of appreciating each other mm-hmm. has infused our relationship in a different way. And I think it's a really simple thing for people to do. Yeah. Well, it's not simple. I yeah. take it back. The, yeah. the act is simple. Start, you know, make, tell yourself you're going to say thank you to your partner or spouse for one thing every day, that you're just going to be positive about something. I think in general, we look at our partners and we think about how we can make them better. And in America, we call it constructive criticism. <laughs> we call it the same here. <laughs> well, I think, well, then, you know, you, you hear constructive and your partner hears criticism. criticism yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you try to cut out some of that criticism, 
um, and focus more on the positive, then when you do have something constructive to say, they're more likely to hear it. Yeah, and it goes back to the to the Gottman's research on the on the balancing out the the the, the four things that you would be um, grateful for in your partners or your spouse or your you know family member or friend, and just every now and then one that would be the what you just said the the corrective criticism or the constructive criticism. So it's it's it makes me in my case I keep on forgetting to be grateful, but thanks to your book. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it brought back the memories that every day I remember about it. It's sort of like I'm looking for the things in my partner, sort of like a detective kind of thing, like trying to you know see what I could be grateful for at the end of the day, because I usually do it at the end of the day. What, what I was, uh, what I am grateful for, um, going back uh, the whole day. So it makes me sort of look deeper or appreciate the simple things that I got accustomed to. Uh, but it does help, especially when the, the argument kicks in or when there's a disagreement between us. It, it, it's sort of as if the ground that the argument is laid upon is a better one, like more soft and, and it doesn't you know, stick that hard. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. And I think that I love that you look for something every day to to say thank you for, to be grateful for. Um, we tend to forget the reasons that we liked somebody in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. the, it was something that that made you attracted to a person or to fall in love with them and and to go back to those things and and focus on those rather than the failings that we all have. Uh, mm -hmm make a big difference. Hmm. What other areas of your life got affected in a positive way um, uh, by doing this for the whole year? Well, I also, um, well, there were so many things we can talk about health, uh, uh, but in terms of relationships also, um, I write in the book also about being grateful for children and being grateful for your family. And I think one thing that happens with children of any age is that once again, we're there to try to tell them how to behave and tell them what to do. And um, and children, whether they're very young or whether they're grown like mine are, they want to be appreciated too. And they want to hear that they've done something good. And, and I think that that's a really positive way to model for children um, is to focus on the things that they've done right and to to tell them how much you appreciate them and how much you appreciate having them in their life, in, in, in having them in your life. And I think we can also help children understand gratitude by asking them to express it. You know, I, I did that with my children, actually, when, when they were little, almost without realizing what I was doing, I would always, uh, once a week, we would all gather and have a family dinner. And my question was, talk about something good that happened this week. And Children at any age understand something good that happened. And children, like all of us, most of the time want to talk about something bad that happened. Mm -hmm. That's okay. You can let them talk about the bad stuff. but And in no way should you be dismissing that. But once that's been discussed, you can say, yeah, that sounds like it was really tough on the fourth grade playground. Let's talk about one good thing that happened too, just to balance it out. And I think that's a great gift to give children to have so that they can see that ability that yes, there is another side. And they, like most grown-ups, are going to focus on the negative unless they're really reminded to, to do otherwise. So 
I've always had a good relationship with my kids, but I think um, appreciating them and trying to be grateful to them um, has has helped me a lot too. Yeah, and it and it actually um, goes to the ed- educational systems around the world, which in, in Polish um, um, educational system, I think the main focus is on what you did wrong. Even when you look at the test, it's highlighted in red, like wrong, bad, minus one, minus one, minus one. The points drop yeah. down. And I think the sh- it, from the early age, I've for sure, and the, the people of my age, it's changing a little bit, so I'm hopeful. But it, we're sort of directed on trying to see what we did wrong instead of how many things we did well, you know, on the same test. <laughs> uh, so it, do you think um, teachers and people who actually, you know, coaches and trainers and, and clergy who do stuff with our children and, and teenagers uh, could benefit from this approach as well? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I've actually not thought about that before. And I love that because you're absolutely right that when kids get a paper back, it has all those red marks of the things they've done wrong. And that is what we do to, to children in schools is we focus on the things that they've done wrong. And children... I think it is a problem with our educational system because kids are all very different and they're good at different things. And and it's much harder to stop and find the thing that the child is good at and appreciate that. But I think that is a really important point that you're making and a really important change that it's a hard thing to do. But to be able to come back to a child and say, you know, to a, to a second grader and say, it looks like you really understand addition from this test. That is so great that you're doing so well in addition. And we're going to work a little bit more on the subtraction yeah. uh, rather than to come back and say, you got all of the subtraction questions wrong. You're not working hard enough in subtraction. You don't understand it because then we feel defeated. Right. And if we feel if a child or an adult also gets that sense of here's what you're doing well, and here's what you could still work on. It's a completely different approach. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yes. Go ahead. Let's start changing yeah. that. So yeah. really important. A great point. Yeah. Um, and also uh, I think, I'm not very um, um, skilled to actually go into the realm of religions, but I do think being brought up in a Catholic country that I also was sort of focused on on not the muscle of appreciation, the muscle of being grateful. I don't think was developed strongly enough as much as the as the you know. Um, um, focus on what you did bad and how, how, how bad you behave and, and what you have to do to change it. So I think, fortunately or unfortunately, religion can also um, be a tool that could equip us with tools to actually um, form the, the gratitude attitude or do actually the opposite. I, I think that's right. And I think religion can be used either way. Um, most religions do have gratitude as a part of mm-hmm. what they are. We, we, prayer is actually a way of, of, of saying thank you uh, to a greater being, right? Mm-hmm. And um, focusing on that part of religion, I think, is, is helpful. And um, 
there's, uh, I give a quote in the book from a, I don't talk about religion in the book because I do think that um, most religions do bring gratitude in and it's, and it is very important to them. And I wanted this book to be for people of all religions and, and not religious to be able to find gratitude in their lives. But I do uh, give a quote from a Benedictine monk named David Steindl Ross, who has written and spoken a great deal about gratitude. And one of the things he says is that it's not gratitude that makes us, it's not, excuse me, it's not happiness that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us happy, which is what I was suggesting earlier. And I think that's a, an important thing to to remember that it's not happiness that makes us grateful, but it is the gratitude, the gratitude that you put into your children, the gratitude that you put into your religion, the gratitude that you put into your partner, that's going to make you happy with, with all of those things. Yeah. And when you, when you were saying that, I thought of another thing that you cover in your book, um, which is a, a huge topic, I think, because it happens sort of unconsciously is the habituation. So the process of, okay, I'm going to be happy if I'm going to move to a new apartment and I do move and I'm happy, happy, <laughs> but it sort of shifts away in a month or two or three. And then, oh, I need a bigger apartment. That, that's the, that's the thing that some of us, uh, the trap that we fall into that we need something else instead mm -hmm. of, you know, thinking, oh, I probably, I don't, uh, it's just that I need to, um, appreciate what what i have right now what is have what i what do i what i have in front of me or inside of me or in the relationship that i am in could you touch on a little bit on that process sure. well habituation is very important because um it's a psychological term that just basically means we get used to stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> and whatever you have becomes your baseline mm -hmm. and so um a, a, a friend of mine who who was a sociologist at uh, at Columbia University here used to talk about um, how people in New York always think they'll be happier if they have one more bedroom in their apartment because you know we have small apartments but only one more bedroom and it's not even that we're thinking so expansively that I need to have a huge mansion I just need one more bedroom and that will make me happy well guess what if you get the apartment with one more bedroom you're going to need one more bedroom after that um, because whatever we have becomes the baseline of what our lives are and much as it's important to understand other people's lives, to try to help others. And of course, we all do that, but we're living in our own existences. And, and that becomes the base of what we're, we're judging from. So we often think, as you suggested, that um, material things will make us happier. So if only I got a diamond ring, if only I had a bigger house, if only I had a nicer car, if only I had a better coat. And so much of that is what drives our consumer culture. Yeah. It's why people are so busy at the stores right now before the holidays, because we just think if we buy things, we'll make people like us and we'll feel better and everything will be better. We all know deep in our hearts that most of those gifts are going to just be forgotten and not mean anything, or we're going to have them and at the end of the year, scarcely notice them. Yeah. So... I, I one of the things that I have started doing uh, on the holidays and at birthdays is that instead of giving gifts, I give experiences. So I will buy tickets, buy somebody tickets to the theater, mm. or I'll suggest that we all go out to dinner or do something together. And 
I think it tends to be those experiences that you remember far more than the stuff. And I don't mean to undermine the joy of giving gifts at, at the holidays and everybody should do that. And it's a, it's a lovely, it's a lovely thing to do. But I think in terms of a, a broader look and a broader understanding, it's the experiences that are going to make us happy. And in our own lives, I think that's important to remember too, that maybe getting that better coat isn't going to make you as happy as something that you do with your family that makes you feel warm. And those are the things that you tend to remember. Um, I think when I, you know, try to remember the things that have made me happy, it's almost always trips that I've taken with my husband or my, or with my family, because when you do something different, uh, that's what stands out in your life. Those experiences you have that are somewhat different, your your brain is made to recognize when new things happen, right? If you think of our ancestors, that when things were going along just fine, their brains didn't have to put out too much energy. But when they saw something changing, you suddenly had to be on the alert. You suddenly had to pay attention. Maybe it was a tiger attacking. Maybe it was something wonderful, but you had to be on the alert. And we're still wired that way. So on our day-to-day existences, you probably don't remember what you did two years ago on a Tuesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't registered. But if that Tuesday afternoon was the it was your birthday or your, the day your son was born or the day you went on a great trip mm-hmm. somewhere, you will remember it because it, it, uh, it imprints on your brain in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I think giving ourselves those, those extra experiences can, can be very helpful. I do okay. agree. However... Sorry. <laughs> I do agree on that. However, <laughs> we, we still want you to read the book um, and, buy it. Oh, and buy it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to give you a great experience. So that's, you know, buy one, get one free. That's, that's what you get with this book. Um, what was the biggest surprise to you when you were writing this book and when you were living the, the year of gratitude? Hmm. I think just how powerful it was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I did not expect it to actually make as much of a difference um, as it did. And um, uh, I was surprised both in the big sense, you know, how much of a change it made in my relationship with my husband, but also just in the small sense that when you go into a store and you express gratitude to the clerk who's helping you, the relationship changes somehow. Um, you'll be surprised when you say to somebody, you know, thank you for all your efforts on that. It really made a difference. People stop. Mm -hmm. They don't hear that a lot. And um, I think it makes a difference to them, but it also makes a difference to you because it changes the experience that you had. And I sometimes do that when things haven't gone well, well, I'm really frustrated about something and I know I'm going to leave irritated, but I'll think, you know, if instead of saying something rude to the person, I try to find that positive thing to say. And I say, you know, thank you. I I know you were trying and it's not your fault that this didn't work. So I I appreciate that. You feel better about Mm it. And it changes your tone because Anger just builds on anger and, um, and happiness builds on happiness and our bodies respond differently. So if we're, 
you know, the idea of catharsis, and I'm writing about this actually in a new book I'm doing, doesn't really work. It's actually quite the opposite. When your body starts getting tense and you start getting angry, um, you're not making yourself feel better. You're making yourself feel worse. And if you allow yourself to be grateful, if you allow yourself to be positive, your body is going to feel different and, and your mind is going to go, oh, okay, I guess, I guess we're okay here. Uh, mm. I guess things aren't so bad. Yeah. So for those of us um, listening and watching here, uh, or those who are going to listen to it, who are going to listen to it later on, what are the, I don't want to say easiest, because they're not easy, but what are the, the, the smallest, the easiest steps they can take to actually incorporate gratitude into their lives? Well, there are lots of things. Um, let me start with the, the simplest and my favorite. Yeah. Is, uh, we always talk about gratitude journals. My book is called The Gratitude Diaries. Is that what it's called in, in Polish? Yep, also? yep. <laughs> and, um, but writing a journal can sound like a chore. And I'm not looking to make anybody have any harder times. So here's my suggestion. Put a scrap of paper next to your bed and tell yourself that you're going to write down one thing tonight that made you grateful today. Doesn't have to be an essay, it can just be a couple of words. So what is that going to do? Well, I always say you're gonna wake up tomorrow morning, you're gonna have a cup of coffee, you're gonna go grateful for coffee, done for the day. And that's okay, because it's put you in a positive frame of mind, it's started your day by thinking about gratitude, you didn't let that cup of coffee just go, you appreciated the coffee, and then that night, when you look at that scrap of paper next to your bed, you're going to write down coffee and you're going to remember it and you're going to smile and you're going to find a reason again to feel a sense of gratitude. Or it's going to get to be four o'clock in the afternoon and you're going to realize you've had a terrible day and you haven't been grateful for anything. And you're going to remember that scrap of paper next to your bed and you're going to think, what can I possibly write on it? And so you'll stop for a moment and you'll say, hmm, I'm grateful that I got to listen to Joanna today. Uh, and I'm grateful for the pretty flowers that I'm seeing behind her. And and I'm grateful for my friend who just smiled at me and said things aren't going to be so bad. And once again, you've made yourself stop, find something positive, and it's going to change how you feel. And again, that night, you're going to write it down and have that moment. And I think if you do that for a week, it's it's going to allow you, it's going to make you do it for a week and then it's going to start becoming a habit because I think what happens with gratitude after that is that you instinctively try to change your perspective because that's what gratitude is about, right? It's just turning things around. It's reframing something. It's looking at something a little bit differently. Um, some other tricks that I've heard from people, uh, I had one woman tell me, that when she would drive home from her office to her to her home, she would always feel very tense and she would always do what we all do and think about everything that went wrong that day. And when she got home, she could barely focus on her. She had three very young children at the time. She could barely focus on her children. She was so worked up. And she decided to turn that into a drive of gratitude. And that when she drove home from work every day, she would only think about good things that had happened. And and it put her in a completely different frame of mind when she got home. 
And I love that idea of finding the drive of gratitude. Maybe there's a 10-minute drive you do to go to the grocery store or driving your children home from school or driving to church. And tell yourself that every time you're in the car doing that, it's going to be your drive of gratitude. You're going to think about something positive. I've had people tell me that they try to be grateful when they're brushing their teeth at night. (laughs) (laughs) That's two minutes when you have nothing else to do but stand there why not make it a time that you could be positive and think about something something mm-hmm. good? So I think sometimes having those little things that remind you, like brushing your teeth or making it a drive, uh, can be a good way of starting the habit. And eventually it then will become a little more natural. Yeah. And, and actually, I had the experience last year, I broke my leg when I was uh, abroad. And... Um, and I had it in casket, and I had to, you know, you know, walk around with it for. Um, um, I don't know the casket is the white world. What the? Casket. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> and um, I, I, when I came back to Poland, and I was lying in my bed and trying to, you know, carry a hot tea to the room that I was in, and it broke and it fell and it blah blah, and I, I started appreciating my legs because for you know forty years or something. I was just, you know, they just, you know, I just walk and I didn't think about it. But then I realized how magnificent the foot is because I had a, a, a it was broken uh, um, in the ankle. And um, I, when I was watching, because I'm a former dancer, so I'm, I'm my in my free time, my binge watch uh, YouTube things are, you know, videos of people dancing. And, and I was looking at, at the clips that I, that I love and I've seen like a thousand times, but this time around, I was noticing how their footwork is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, because I knew if I put mine on the floor, it would hurt so much because it's still in pain, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I was watching their feet like dancing and twirling and, and, and I was like, wow, how much it can do without us actually thinking about it. And, and this was the way it's was like a backward way of being grateful for something you lost for a little bit for six weeks and then I'm I'm having it back and now and actually I, I sometimes stop and 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 think about my feet who are you know letting me see the world and I don't even have to think about it and I turn and I jump and they and it's like oh gee they are amazing uh, that's wonderful uh you know grateful for feet is a, a perfectly good thing to write <laughs> down at the end of the day <laughs> um, because you're right it's what a wonderful example of something that we never think about and that, you know, we take for granted. And what is gratitude other than focusing on the things that we have that we take for granted? Yeah. So uh, that's absolutely mm-hmm. lovely. Um, I'm, I'm officially in love with this book, but I do know that you've written a new one, uh, The the Genius of Women. And I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you um, a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. What's the book all about? And uh, why is it as amazing as this one? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I the, I started on the Genius of Women uh, after the Gratitude Diaries, and and within some ways the same positive approach because I had learned so much about positivity, and uh, we know so many of the problems and challenges that women have had over the years, and I wanted to focus it slightly differently because the question that came to me was. How is it that despite all the obstacles in their way, despite all the problems and challenges, some women in every generation have managed to achieve so much and fly so high? 
And what is it that we can learn from them to teach ourselves and, and our children about uh, overcoming challenges and, and moving forward? And so I interviewed some wonderful women who are doing great work right now. And I unearthed some women uh, from history who have been forgotten um, or who did not get the, the credit that, that they deserved. And um, it was just a great joy to write that book in a very different way than The Gratitude Diaries because I did find it so inspiring and I did realize um, how much we do have to overcome and how possible it is to uh, go ahead when you have the right attitude. Yeah. And thanks to those books, uh, one of those books is yours, is that we have examples of women who have gone through difficulties or who have gone had to face the challenges and once we have the example or the proof that somebody has already done it it's easier for us to actually follow up so thank you for doing this work because we need representation in all sorts of um, uh, areas so that we women our you know kids um, girls need to see that it's possible and that the you know the former female uh, spirits of ours have done it that's right. And, um, you know, I, I have such enormous admiration for some of the women from history um, who I interviewed who just overcame unbelievable uh, social obstacles. And, and you know, we, we never ask men who are great in their fields to also have to stand up to the whole world, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, if you were a woman artist in the 1700s, you couldn't just paint fabulous uh, works. You had to somehow convinced the world that it was okay that a woman was there painting. And um, I did find them so inspiring uh, to hear th their stories. And, and you're right, to, to see that others have done it um, tells you, okay, maybe things feel very hard right now, but they are better. <laughs> and uh, and we can we can do it still. Yeah, and and again, you can be grateful for for the uh, the the, uh, the stories and the and the proofs that it's it's possible or it will be possible someday. Right. right. Going back uh, um, and closing up a little bit, uh, going back to uh, gratitude diaries. What would you because it's it's been um, quite some time. But when they were published in English, um, it's new for us. But it's you know <laughs> it's a couple of years for you. Would you change anything? Would I change anything? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it has continued to be by far my most popular book, and I continue to give speeches about it uh, mm -hmm. all over the country, and, and I love doing that. So I think I've learned a lot of things um, from the people who I have met, and I've learned perhaps um, let me just say, for me, gratitude in, in that year was going from what was an admittedly good life to a better life. And I think what I've learned is how people have been able to use gratitude to truly overcome very, very difficult times. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I talk about that a bit in the book, but so many of the stories that I have heard have been since I, I wrote that and I've I have found that to be very powerful so if I were if I were doing a new edition I would uh, I would add some of those stories of, of real mm. difficulty and and the power that gratitude has in, in helping you that way mm. so um, if you were to say what you're grateful for today what would you say I know it's morning to you so I, I I'm not sure what time did you get up <laughs> But uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, enough time for actually things to happen, but maybe. 
what am I grateful for today? Yes. Um, I have my whole family coming over for dinner tonight, and um, and I'm grateful that I will get to see them. I am very grateful, truly, that I get to talk to you, mm-hmm. and that I get to talk to your audience, and that I get to talk about gratitude, because nothing makes me happier than mm-hmm. thinking that I might be able to make somebody have a better day, or have a different perspective, or get through a difficult time. And uh, I've come to believe so deeply in, in the power of this, that the chance to to spread the word about it, um, not just about my book, which I do hope you'll read, but but the, 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 the very concept and to, to hope that people will find some inspiration and hope in what I certainly understand for your country and, and many is a, is a difficult time. Um, I am grateful for that opportunity and I'm grateful to you for giving it to me. Thank you. I just want to share that in the comments that have been accompanying our conversation, some people are saying, "Oh, I just bought the book. I bought the book. I bought the book." So, so <laughs> there's going to be more of you know of people, um, you know, willing to uh, put gratitude forward and and make make maybe this holiday time, uh, which sometimes is a is a difficult one for some of us you know the experiences we're not always uh, surrounded by the loved ones and even if we are we're not always in a relationship with them that is you know loving and kind so especially for those for the holiday uh, season and new years and and resolutions i think gratitude attitude or the skill set or the the willingness to be no matter what grateful for what I have, even for the feet that you have, or the breathing, <laughs> or the the eyesight that you know some people don't have it. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a way to spend Christmas, I think, and and holidays if you're not celebrating Christmas. But but I think I, I want to. What I'm trying to say is that I'm really really grateful that you wrote this book, and it's still you know around the world, and you're still giving talks, which is which makes me happy because you know you know spreading the word about gratitude is is especially in in those times that we're living in. I'm not only talking about Ukraine, but also you know there are so many wars happening right now around the world, and and it we're so easy to focus on the bad things, um, uh, and it, they get stuck in our heads, even from you know your example of driving home from work, that we have to sort of make an effort to actually make the good things stick. Um, a friend of mine uses the metaphor of Teflon. Like if you put good thing, it's like putting something on Teflon. It just slips. But uh, with the bad things, they, they just, you know, get to you and just, and just stay. So we have to make an effort and put effort in and energy and, and actually be conscious about trying to have more gratitude in our lives. And, and, you as a person and also your book and the, and and finally the polish edition of this book um is going to make it a little bit easier and i do hope that people who are going to read it um uh, are going to take a day or two or three which would be you know fair enough just to try it out uh, but if you do it for a week uh, janice and i are sure that you're going to stick to it for longer <laughs> Well, thank you. And, and, you know, I think your comment about the holidays is absolutely right, that we tend to have this idealized view of what life should be and what our families should be and what our celebrations should be and our gifts should be. And uh, nothing has ever matched what uh, what our what our images are. And um, whatever your situation, whether you're alone, whether you're with friends, whether you're with family that you don't like, if you can take that moment, as you said, to try to 
appreciate what you do have and uh, and to say it may not be perfect, but I appreciate this moment. I appreciate something that I have. Um, it is perhaps a, a helpful way to get through what can be a difficult season. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you a thousand times. Thank you. Thank you so much. And the audience of, of Polish speakers here are saying thank you. Um, they're asking whether there are going to be subtitles. It's going to be subtitled for those of you who wish to listen to it in Polish. So um, uh, not to worry. And um, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And you're, um, uh, because time is precious and I know it's a resource that it cannot be renewed. So thank you for spending an hour with us. Uh, and hopefully uh, we're going to meet another time for your new book. But hopefully somebody's going to translate it in Polish. And then, so I'm not going to say goodbye. I'm just going to say see you soon. <laughs> thank you so much. You're terrific. I really appreciated having been here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So are you going to be grateful next year? Hopefully this is the resolution that you're going to pick up and you're going to enjoy and you're going to have fun with it and you're going to see the world from a little bit different perspective than we are accustomed to. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for being together and see you next year. Talk to me. Rozmowy, wywiady, podcasty. Zapraszam. Joanna Chmura.